Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. You look like your dad. You look like your daddy. Come on. My daddy loves me. My daddy loves me. My daddy loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. My daddy loves me. My, what you think you're going to sing in heaven? You watch. You're going to be like, oh my God, he loves me. He, I made it. He loves me. You think you're going to sit there composed in heaven? Yeah, right. Kiss, compose, goodbye. <laughs> Watch. What little kid you know is composed? <laughs> I've never seen a child composed, <laughs> even when they try. They become composed because we teach them that. But when little kids are babies and they start walking and running, you have to chase them. You know, in heaven, we're going to be free. Nobody got to chase us because God is chasing us, <laughs> you know? Oh, hallelujah. God is so good. God is so faithful. And we just bless him. I just like, you know, sometimes you're going to come in and you're going to go through, through, you're going to be going through issues. And we're going to be going through all different types of hard times. But we make a decision to bless the Lord. We just say, you know what? I know what I'm going through on earth. But, it, but when I'm with the lover of my soul, nothing matters. It's like when, when you have a child or when you have a partner and you could be going through whatever you're going through, but when you get to be with them, those problems dissipate. They disappear. Even if later on you got to go back to work the next day or you got to go back and confront the issue, but when you're with the one that you love and you're with the one that loves you, at that point, the problems disappear. And it's the same with the Lord. When we come to the house of the Lord, I mean, most of us are learning to walk in that always at all times but a lot of us are trained to come to the house of the Lord and worship together and there's a special thing there's a special uh, flow when two or three are gathered in his name there's, it's beautiful when God can use your brother your sister to minister to you or God can use you to minister to your brother and sister and you see that every single human every single believer every single worshiper is going through something but you see the faithfulness of God in their lives. You see how God is working it out. You know, that's really why we get together. It's not to have church because religion tells us to have church. Now, that's done in my life a long time ago. I only pastor because I get to get on a mic and sing. <laughs> and be me. If I couldn't be me, I wouldn't be here. I would not be in the resting place. The reason I am at the resting place is because I've been given the freedom to be and to flow exactly like I am. Finally, I'm in a church that I can bring my secret relationship with God to the public. I finally can have some PDA with Jesus in front of people because my whole life I was told to hide it. My whole life I was told, mm, you're, too, you're too excited, you sing too much, you pray too much, you speak too many tongues, you jump too much, you shout too loud, and we need you to tone it down. And yet Jesus was telling me, tone it up. I'm like, but they're about to kill me. He's okay. I'll make you live. So we decide who we please. I finally, mm, I'm so free. I only please one. 
I only, right now, you guys are standing in front of me because I'm teaching, but the reality is I only have an audience of one. And because I know you guys are connected to my father and you are one with my father, we're still one. You know, we're one. So we only have audience of one. But it's amazing to be me. And because I could be me, I could sing that. For years, I have hundreds of videos on my cloud account, on my phones, of years where I would go to church, hide it, and then when I would go home, I'll be dancing and praising in my house because I couldn't come and praise in the house of the Lord or because it didn't look like people wanted it to look, then I had to hold it back. Praise God, I'm free from that trash. Yep, it's trash. I'll say it loud, trash. I'll look at them in their faces and be like, trash. That's why I don't go to your churches. That's why I'm not there. That's why I walked out, because it was trash. If you've been in an abusive relationship, if you've been tolerating it, and then you discover that you're loved, you're going to look back and be like, that was trash. Why was I accepting that abuse? Why was I accepting that rejection? Why was I accepting that manipulation? Trash. Because if it doesn't come from heaven, then it comes from hell. And everything that comes from hell is trash. The lies are trash. The deceit is trash. The gluttony, the lust, the anger, the bitterness, all of it is trash. So, yeah. Oof. I thought I was like, nah, daddy loves me. Trash! It's like, don't get it twisted. I'm a happy child, but I'm also a mighty warrior. <laughs> but in the kingdom, we don't need to be warriors. In the kingdom, we're family. We're children. But when we go into the dark places, watch out. Kung Fu warrior right here. I'm telling you, I always tell people I have a sword. I know you don't see it, but I have a sword right there. <laughs> One day your spirit eyes gonna be open and be like, oh, he does have a sword right there. And I have a staff. <laughs> and I wear armor. And it's not in my undergarments. I'm wearing it right now. But only when your spiritual eyes open, you'll be like, all these people are dressed in armor for right now. <laughs> I'm like, I told you, the whole time we were dressed in armor, we didn't even know it. But in the kingdom is the one place you can take off your armor because his armor is all around you. We hide under his wings. So that's the point. You're like, click, click, click. Boots everything off. Woo! Jump into the wings of glory and be lost in his presence. And then when he sends us out, he sends us out as warriors. We're, we're, we're gentle as dove, but cunning as serpents. We're smart and wise. We, we, go, we could infiltrate the territory of the enemy. He doesn't even know. That's what we are. We bring, we bring the light right into the darkness. Put like your little gown, walk in, and they go blind. Blind the enemy's territory. It's amazing. When you discover those ways, I know it sounds like when you speak it, it almost sounds like a movie, right? But it really is in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm, is just flowing that way. Give me a second. I don't know if it's my sweater or the Holy Ghost or what, but I feel like fire. I, I turned the AC down down there too. And I think it's because we're more bundled now. So, and then all that praising, hallelujah. We go to the present, but we forget we're in the physical body. <laughs> we're just like, my daddy loves me. I recorded that part because that's my song. <laughs> we're going to record that song, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome everyone. First time visitors today, so welcome home, all the children. It's lovely to see you back. 
Everybody has a few extra pounds today, I think. <laughs> I did. I'm so mad. But and I didn't even eat. I didn't even celebrate Thanksgiving. But last week, God blessed me. Last Sunday, I got invited to go away for the week. So I don't know where. I had a wonderful time in Fort Lauderdale, Key West. You want to talk about God spoiling you, Jesus Christ. Like not with a penny, I didn't pay anything. Everything was covered, ate the most expensive meals. Um, and I'm not boasting, I mean, on myself because I didn't pay for nothing. It was free, right? So it was God's, so I'm boasting on the Lord. But the fact that I've never eaten that expensive or that bougie, and I'm like, no, I need to buy my own plate. And they're like, no, be blessed, be blessed, be blessed with the most expensive, eat the best. So I've never eaten like that before. Like, you know, I'm talking about lobster tail, mahi-mahi, and all of this stuff. And I'm like, really? For me? All for me? You know, but God knows what he does. He, and me, the choir sucks. Um, <laughs> um, I just have really powerful encounters with the Lord um, as my friend was working. Because in reality, his job is the one that pays for everything. And he got away um, and just brought me along. But I got to enjoy the, the, the resort. I got to enjoy the beach. I got to enjoy everything. Hallelujah. Oh, no, I don't. It makes me sound like a singer. <laughs> but Jesus. Um, but I really got some, some intimate times with God. That I, I love my intimate times with God. I love church and I love you guys. But when I'm alone with the Lord, like I see the manifestation of his power. And I get to catch it on camera. So if you have a chance, go to my Facebook lives. Watch them this week. I'm telling you live from the I got up really early Monday and I saw the sun rise and it literally looked like a door in the sky I took a picture of it and it looked like a door and a path going through it I'm like am I about to die right now <laughs> this, this is really happening but it was just God like giving me this really special moment on another video it was like I was just kind of letting everybody see the sunrise the next day and then when I kind of flipped the camera to do selfie conversation, the way that it, you couldn't see it when you looked at it. It's just the way that it came up on camera. It like straight up hard, like it didn't look like the little ball. It just looked like this mega starburst poosh, the whole time. And I'm, I know when I've been taken to the glory, that's what Jesus looked like. Like this massive beam of light. And I was just like, wow. This is it. Like, I know I, I used to always experience heaven. And I used to always say, God, I would like to bring my phone to heaven and take pictures and show people. The thing is, I get to show it in a different way, right? But his messages pop up. But this video, the way that the sun bursted forth, I was like, if you, you want to see what it looks like, that's what it looks like. The water looked like the streets of gold. I'm like, look, people, I'm literally pointing it out. The next day, I was outside. We were, I literally began to sing my favorite song and just a massive flock of birds. There were no birds. In the moment I began to sing, all these birds were literally responding to the worship. I'm literally recording it. And I'm just like, wow. Like, I love those little moments where God just like shows me another thing. I was in the room and I had like this music. And then I looked out the window and all the birds, I got it. I'm going to put it online so you guys can see it. And so it's just the music. But when you watch the birds, they're all flying, a whole bunch of them. 
it looks like they're flying to the worship. And I'm just like, I see it. Like, I see it. I'm just sitting, I sat at the window for like an hour. Just there, I could have been, I could have been walking around, could have been enjoying the beach. But I sat at the window and just watched that bunch of birds flying over and over to this, to this sound. And I'm just like, they're flying to worship and we don't hear it, you know? So it's just, it's beautiful how God opens your eyes and your ears to see things that for some people might look, sound like craziness, but I don't care. It heals me. It fills me. It, it allows me to experience God in a way that it's unfathomable. And it brings this peace, it brings this beauty, and it, it heals you. And it, I'm telling you something. Sometimes your family some type of chaos or going through some type of trial but if you feel like you need to get away get away you are not their savior sometimes they will suck the life out of you and bring you to a place of misery where they're at. it could be family it could be friends you do your part and then go on a trip get away go hang out with friends that are going to fill you people that are going to pray for you don't yeah go around people that have a need and provide that need but when you feel like you're being drained, then you need to make a wise decision and get away. And refresh yourself, renew yourself, and then go back. If something bad happens, it's gonna happen. Because the enemy will come with fear and be like, oh, how dare you leave your parents now? I'm telling you my story. How dare you leave your parents? What if you're on a trip? What if you're resting and they die or something happens to them? Guilt and shame is not of God. Fear is not of God. So we need to silence the voice of the enemy and be like, no, first of all, I'm not their God. Bring yourself the lowest level. I'm not their God. I'm not their savior. I'm not their redeemer. I'm not their healer. I'm not their provider. I'm not their supplier. I'm just their child. And I'm doing the best that I can. But don't be afraid to get away. Don't be afraid to get away from your children. Don't be afraid to, wait, to get away when you know that you're being drained and no longer life and joy is coming out of you, take a moment, take a step back, get away, even from your own partner. You know what, babe, I'm going on a break. We're bickering, we're arguing, we're getting on each other's throat. Let's take a break. Not a break where you're breaking up, I'm saying, go that way for a few days, I'm gonna go that way for a few days. And replenish and feel better, and then you come back and you can continue your race. Your race to God is just you and God. This, this race, this life is a race. Paul said it, you know? And he finally won his race and he made it to the mark. But we're not running a race against each other. This is a one-on-one -on -one marathon. We're running this race by ourselves. So you could walk, you could jog, you could crawl. There's days that we're crawling in the middle of our battles, in the middle of our journey, and it's okay. It's okay to stop and get some water. You know, because you're not racing anybody. You're just on a race. And you're just gonna finish your race, but I'm not against no. Stay on your lane and just run. The winner in heaven, it's not the first person that makes it there. Everyone that makes it is a winner. So just cross your cross line. Stay in your lane, cross. Don't allow people to put burdens on you that don't belong to you. I've been experiencing that all this month. And I'm like, sorry, it's not my burden. I'm not going to carry it. 
I know you're my family, but that I gave you the advice. This is what you need to do. Now you do it. If you disobeyed it, you didn't follow the instructions, you deal with the consequences, but there's no consequences for me. I'm not going to sit there and, and entertain uh, uh, gossip, slander, complaining when you got the advice. I gave you the advice, now complain to yourself. Because people won't want to listen to you, right? And then they want to mess up and do whatever they want. And then they still want you to be there so they can nag and complain the whole time. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. I gave you the advice. You are forgiven. But if you want to stay in that place, it's your fault. Get your behind up and start walking your race. Make decisions, wise decisions. You have the opportunity to come to the Lord and ask the Lord for whatever you need. So ask for some wisdom. Come to the Lord and ask Him for wisdom. I'm telling you, I have no message prepared. I'm just like, this is what's coming out. <laughs> this is just coming out. But the Lord just did wonderful things. Honestly, I'm going to just grab this thing again. This sciatic has been bad, Jesus. When you guys pray, pray for me, because Jesus. Huh? You want to testify? Come testify. Testimonies are good in churches, by the way. Churches were supposed to be about testimonies. Hello. Hello. This is more of a testimony for you, right? To uh, we just want to—I want to publicly thank you for how you've carried yourself through these fires that you've been through the past month. With your losing your your brother, your niece was was absent. I mean, it felt like every week somebody was attacking you, but you stood up here and you walked through the fire and you showed us all how to do it um, and looked at him truly. Like there's not a lot of people that wouldn't have broken down or said, "I need a break." Press showed us how to press into him. Showed us all that, you know, where our strength comes from. So I just wanted to publicly thank you for that. Um, and then also, he's put on my heart for a couple months now. Like when I went, had to step down from serving, um, you didn't stop talking to me. You know, you started, you, you still texted me, reached out to me, and made sure that all was well in my world too, you know. So I can't thank you enough for just showing us, our community, unconditional love and, and showing us how to walk with God in the fire, so amen. I wasn't expecting that, but thank you. Thank you. I mean, you go through so much in life that you realize there is no other hope. When I was younger, a few years ago, I could have done other stuff. I could have gone, get high, get drunk, sleep around, do all this wickedness, right, to try to feel relieved from my pain, from the trials and tribulations. But I've gotten to a place in my life, it's not religious and it's not self-pride, right? Where I'm saying, oh, I'm just gonna praise God because everything's perfect. It's because God is the only place I find my strength. It's being in his presence. Like, as I was going through the season with losing my brother and I was with my family. I was like, oh, I can't wait for Friday. I was in Spring Hill and it was in Brooksville and I was arranging funeral and I've never, never done none of this. So it was the first time to, and it's not easy when you think of you lost your brother, you know, it's, it hits you different. It's a different type of feeling. It's, uh, I always look at, I don't know why, but maybe it's my prophetic, but I always look like, I remember the generation of like my great uncles and grandparents, right? And when they all just started kind of passing away, and then like it got a little bit closer, and then I saw like my 
aunts and uncles starting to pass away and that brings like a certain fear. But then for now, when my brother passed, it came to like my generation, right? Like it went like from there to there to here. And it's like, this is real. Like it's really real. The, the, the reality that this life is so short, you know, and that at any moment, you're gone. And, but the peace of God, right? I mean, there were moments where I wept and I sobbed, especially, and there was these decisions that I made to be there. Like, the night he got disconnected, I stayed there. Everybody left. And I didn't leave. I didn't hardly sleep. I would like doze off. But I was so like afraid that he would pass, that I would fall asleep and he would pass. And I, but I got to sing to my brother. I got to pray for my brother. He got to open his eyes, which I asked. I was asking God above all things. I was like, if he will open his eyes and know that he's not alone and know that there's somebody there with him. And you don't know how much I love Glory Nights because I played one of our recordings. And when I played the recording, he came back. For that moment, his eyes rolled back and the doctor said his brain was disconnected. But yeah, I didn't even believe us, but it did happen. And, and I know he saw us, he responded with his look because he couldn't speak no more. Um, and I got to, I know that I was in the spirit, I was, I was, on this side of the finish line. And on the other side of the finish line was everybody else and the Lord. And I was just cheering him on, you know, reminding him and for, for me to know that even though he never came to my church, he never really supported my ministry, but my ministry was all up in there in that hospital room. We played that soundtrack all night long and then I did our Soaking Glory soundtracks. I played that, we played these soundtracks at his funeral, you know. And I just saw the mark of God in that place. And when he passed away, I was like, I'm so happy. Like those were literally my first words. My mom called me, he's like, he just passed. And I'm like, I'm so happy. And she goes, I'm so happy too. And then we cry, right? But we. It, like, who would even say that, right? Like, ooh, I'm so happy that my loved one passed. But it was this really weird release. Plus, I saw him, and he came to me, and he got in my car um, in the spirit, and I saw him as a prince, and he said, I'm not coming back. And I was like, I don't want to know, you know? And then when I was watching a movie at home, I was watching the, the Justice League. No, I was watching Shazam. Like, literally, I saw this side of my room open up, and like I saw him waving goodbye in front of the, the mansions. I saw the glory, golden sky. I saw the streets of gold. And I saw him with his blue, royal blue, um, almost like a tuxedo, like a prince with a white sash. And he was just waving. And I, Frankie was there and I was like crying. I was like, he's leaving. I mean, Frankie doesn't see nothing. He sees the wall. But I'm like, he's leaving. He's not coming back. I see him, you know, and I knew. And there were people that went in, they said, um, oh, you people didn't have enough faith or he's not ready to go, you know, contradicting. But I was like, no, I saw him. 
He came to me twice. He's not coming back. I told my family, I was like, I know it's hard for you to believe this, but and I know you all think I just see stuff. He ain't coming back. He won his race. Like he won. Release him, let him go, he ain't coming back. And it's exactly what happened. And then it was really beautiful because in the funeral, they showed pictures of him. I found out when I was in the room with his wife that blue was his favorite color. You know, I didn't know that. And then they had a picture of him as a little boy dressed in a tuxedo and it was royal blue. And I was like, oh my God, how is this even possible? You know, um, I still don't understand it. You know, sometimes God shows you things that they're so beautiful and wonderful and you you still don't know how it clicks, you don't know how it comes together, but as the days come by, God reveals why you saw what you saw. I mean, even Kylie drew a picture of a man right there blue, and then he drew the clouds, and if you look at it, the man in the one picture is looking at the clouds in the other, and I saw that, and I knew as my brothers looking at the cloud of witnesses. And I'm like, oh, that's him, I have to draw it here, you know? And they didn't know that. So you just see, you see the wonder of God in a way that you can understand. Years ago, I would have like, in the middle of chaos, I would have done what people call sinful things or bad things. And it's not even that, because I feel like when people turn to drugs or they turn to alcohol, they turn to other pleasures, it's because they're trying to find joy, right? It's not that they're just evil and want to do evil. It's that they need to fill that void and since churches have made it almost impossible for people to be transparent and honest, then they go that way. But if churches become loving and hopeful and gentle and kind, more people will walk through their doors confessing their sins, admitting their struggles, right? And then being healed and being fulfilled in the very presence of God. Because in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. So what the world needs is fullness of joy. But if we as believers don't provide it, then... Can we blame them? So I don't judge people. But that would have been me. I would have been drinking, partying. And I was like, I want to go to church. And not to be religious. I knew that Friday when I walked in here, I was like, boom, poof, instant glory. I was like, I have a group of friends that know how to enter the glory. That's where I'm going. I just want to be in the presence of God. As my brother was passing away, the first thing I did was go to First Friday worship. And I just encountered the Lord there. So it's not me. I'm not trying to be like this perfect role model or anything like that. It's that I know nothing else can satisfy. I already lived it. I already been there, done that. Religion, if we would have been a religious church, trust me, I wouldn't be pastoring it. I wouldn't be part of it. I would be so far from it. But because we have a place that is safe for all peoples, of all types, of all issues, of all struggles, of all of all nations, of all tribes. I don't care. We are a safe home. Home is supposed to be safe. So I'm like, I could be, the fact that I have permission to be me, it heals me. It builds me up and I like to be here. I just, I look forward to just being here. Years ago, I'm tired of, I'm tired of church. I'm tired of these people. It was something different. Now life and journey is so beautiful. And to have people like you guys, because honestly, I wouldn't be enjoying this if I didn't have you guys that make it so pleasurable and make it so enjoyable. And people that see the glory, people that either see glory, experience glory, or longing for glory, you know? And it, it's, just, it's just fun. It's fun to be transparent and yeah, it's, it's family, you know? And I know you guys pray. So when I post on the group, like I know, 
I never posted nothing about my niece on my public page, but I posted on the ministry page because I know the ministry people that I am with pray. I know you guys pray. I know you guys love God. So I knew my niece was disappearing for 15 days, 14-year-old. We didn't know nothing. She was on the news. She was all over. You know, I stayed home. I got invited places. I was like, I don't feel like celebrating. I don't feel like eating. I don't feel like doing anything. I'm going to stay home. Everybody went out. I stayed home. And you know, that shame tries to come. Oh, well, what if? I'm like, you know what? No, I'm a good son all year. I don't need holidays to love people. I don't celebrate my mom on Mother's Day. I celebrate my mom every day. I celebrate my dad every day, not just on Father's Day. I celebrate Jesus every day, not on Resurrection or Christmas. I normally don't even buy gifts on Christmas because I like loving people and buying people gifts whenever. And I don't let this world or this government or whatever men's traditions are to tell me to do it on a specific time. I'm like, yeah, right, I'm not gonna be broken Christmas. I'm going shopping right after Christmas. And you get a gift after Christmas, <laughs> you know, like, you know how many people I know? If I was to buy gifts, I'd be broke. No. I don't need Sana. Um, I don't need to live that way. I don't judge people, but I really didn't feel like going out for Thanksgiving. I wanted to be home, and I know some of my family members are like, but why, are you okay, are you depressed? I was like, I'm not depressed, I'm perfectly fine, I just wanna be left alone. Can I enjoy Jesus alone? Can I just like lock myself in my room, Netflix and chill with Jesus? Have you ever Netflix and chill with Jesus? Oh my God, it's so much fun. I would love watching movies with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, and he reveals like everything through his word. And then all of a sudden, like Jesus pops up in the movie for real, and I'm like, his word pops up, and I'm like, how does that happen? You know, I always send my friends clips. I'm like, guys, you need to watch this right now. It's Jesus. I was watching Aquaman, and literally, like, the song of the kingdom, and the king pops up in the middle of the movie. I didn't even have subtitles on. I'm there talking to God. Like, there is a king, there is a kingdom, and the king is so good. And I'm like, perate, am I hearing stuff? And I'm like, subtitles. And it's like right on my screen. I'm like, no way. I was watching Shazam. The old man comes out with the stuff. He's like, say my name. I'm like, Jesus. You know, I'm just like, everything is so wild. I'm like, I have. If you watch with Shazam, that's my relationship with God. I promise. Like, I got taken to another place. And I found out I'm a superhero. I know. It sounds crazy. But I could be myself here. Um, yeah, bless the Lord. I'm literally just talking. I feel like that's all I need to do today. Um, but the Lord, sure. Yeah. Um, the Lord displays the scripture in my heart. It's in um, Psalm 119, and I'm going to start in verse 25. Because... Um, This is the Word of God. I, I find my hope in the Word of God. So through all of this, and praise God, I forgot to mention, she was found. You know, it was 15 days, but she was found. So let me tell you, God answered your prayers, because I know you people were praying. We People were praying everywhere. But, you know, family, they're not going to say. That's what it's going to kind of stay for now. Plus, they got to recover from that trauma, right? So I'm giving them space. I mean, I want to 
talk to her and snap her neck a little. But, but the Lord said, no, show her grace. Show her grace and show her love. And when I get to talk to her, I'm not even going to bring her up. I'm going to speak identity. If she feels like she wants to talk to me about it, she will. But I know she, was, she must have been going through a lot. And, you know, religion will kill your children. Religion will kill your children. Never let no... If, if I ever take your child in public and shame them, I'm hoping you deck me in the face. And I'm saying this publicly and it's being recorded. If I ever humiliate your child, do not let your child leave this place humiliated and embarrassed. Be like, don't you ever talk to my child like God again. You know, because a lot of religions out there are sh shaming kids, shaming families, and parents, spouses are allowing it. Because they think that's God, and that is not God that will never be God. What God needs to correct you, God can correct you. And he'll do it in such a way. And God corrects me through love. He's like, I love you. And I'm like, I messed up though, you know? Like, I don't know, but I think I'm the child that gets killed with kindness. You know, I really get redeemed with kindness. But it wrecked me, you know? But I've seen it, I've lived it where people shame. That won't happen here. And if that happens here, I don't go to certain churches because if that's going to happen, I promise you. My friend Frankie's been with me. He's seen me stand up. I'm not going to, like, I cannot sit in a church and somebody attack somebody. I'm going to be like, excuse me. They're going to be like, who's this man? But I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't tolerate it. I don't believe in abuse. I'm against abuse. I'm against manipulation. And if that means stand up, and look dishonoring, I'll do it. I'm not gonna dishonor, but I'm not gonna be silent. So don't let your child ever, don't let your family member ever be humiliated and you don't do nothing. Protect them, at least grab them and get away. But people do it. Religion is horrible. And people will prefer to see their child die and be led astray with things that are not even sin. With things that are not even sin. And that is really sad. So then the child does go and does some craziness out there that is really sin, right? But because something that was not sin captivated them and they were bound and hurt because of that, like pants, like makeup, and then they run away and then they start doing stuff out there that really is sin and drags them down into the pit of hell. But people will refuse to see that. And then if you speak about it, then they think you're offensive. But then you get to a point in your life where you have to make a stand and be like, this is not honoring, this is complete religion, and this is complete garbage. And you're leading your children astray from God for something that is not even sin. And even if it was sin, then His mercies are new to restore them from that sinful place. And we're supposed to stand there with them and love them and minister to them to bring them out of that pit of sin and not let them be dragged away by sin. Because sin is not an action, sin is a spirit. It's an evil spirit that grabs God's kids and puts chains on them and drags them like slaves. And those are kings and queens. Kings and queens are being dragged around the world by the evil spirit of sin and death, thinking he could defeat the king's children. But no, and that's what we do. We already know who we are. Excuse me, you lying demon. Let go of my brother. Let go of my sister. Let go of my friend. You're not going to touch them. Because we went to you into your spirit realm. And you really start discovering your identity. You're like, wait, what? I had a crown this whole time. I had authority this whole time. I had power this whole time. 
we just don't know it because we've been blinded. And God's really opening our eyes so we can know who we really are. And we see it. And we fight it. And we, learn, we, we don't fight people. We fight the spiritual darkness. And how do you fight? Shining. That's the best way is to shine. How do you, love, how do you heal a sinner? Love them. People that don't think they deserve love and you just start loving them. And they're like, but why do you love me? Why not? You're worthy of love. You're worthy of love. Last night, one of my friends, young kid, 25 years old, um, he even came here once. We were playing Catan in the back. And he got hit by a car and passed away. 25 years old, wanted to be a pastor. So he's like, you know, that kind of wrecks your heart. And you almost don't understand. And I got invited to preach at his uh, life uh, celebration last night. And, you know, at first I felt nervous because it's like, how do you bring hope to, to a, a, a situation like this where such a young man that wants to be a pastor, that loves the Lord, gets hit by a car, and is gone now, right? And, man, God moved. God moved in such a mighty way. And the fact, it was crazy because just days before he passed, he didn't even know he was passing, he would write to all his family members. He preached to all of them. And everything I said was already written. After I preached, their family got up and they were all reading the different text messages they got from him. To the point that I even said, you know, because I was like, you need to read Romans chapter 8 because you're going to discover the love of God. And he literally told his aunt the same words. And they read it there. And I'm, I'm like, oh my God. Like, he was such a lover of God. He was telling his family, read the book of Solomon and you're going to find out who you are. He literally preached at his own funeral, and he didn't know he was going to do that because he sent messages to all his family members. His grandmother, he slept over his grandmother's house that Friday. He fell asleep, so she let him stay there. She said, I don't know why I felt like grabbing anointed oil, and I anointed him. That was Friday night to Saturday, and Sunday morning he passed away. You know, and I'm like... All these mysterious stories. And it was all the, uh, yeah, he wrote to me on Saturday. And this is what he was telling me. And now he goes, he even told one of his aunt, when we get to heaven, we're all going to be like children. And we're going to sing songs and praises to the Lord. And we're going to laugh so much. And then she told them, well, don't wait to heaven. Let's get together now. And he goes, okay, after all of this, we'll get together on Thanksgiving or Christmas. And it's like, we got together, you know. He was so prophetic, I didn't even know it. And just like that, just like that, life can be over on earth, right? Some people don't know, well, I'm going to get old. He thought he was going to get old. And God was showing me when the heart is ready, when your heart is just full of glory, and God says, I'm picking you, I'm picking you. It's not just the old. It's not just unborn child. It's... I feel like rapture is happening like that. He's just going, pick, pick, pick. Like when you pick a fruit from a tree. You don't pick all the fruits from a tree. You only pick the ones that are ready. And I see the Lord. I mean, this year, I think 2020 was bad, 2021. Like, seeing people passing. I've literally done so many funerals. And I'm like, you know. And in the midst of that, I have to keep praising God. I have to. I, I'm like shaken. Last night I woke up with a horrible nightmare where I was in my room crying, you know. And I was like, oh, God, this is hard. 
you know, and I'm like, I want to have a good dream, but I don't know why I always have good dreams, but the last few weeks, it's just, I think it's all the death and stuff, but either my dad passed away, my mom passed away, my other mama passed away, I passed away, I'm just having these crazy dreams, and I'm just like, but it's a, it's a test of your faith, but I prefer to be here, worshiping God, praising God, and focusing in the goodness. If I was to give in to the darkness, I'll go crazy. I don't watch the news. I'm not watching politics. I'm not watching what's going around in the world. I am looking at heaven, and I am watching what's happening in heaven, and I'm partaking of what's happening in heaven and bringing it to earth. So I went to that funeral, and, I, and let me tell you, the peace of God, the love of God came into that ceremony last night, and the goodness, I preached with so much goodness that people made a line to confess. At the funeral, at the life celebration, I couldn't leave because they're like, I need to talk to you. And people were sitting there and confessing. Total strangers are confessing. And when people confess, I know God touched them. And they want that. They're just hungry for it. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I never thought I'd be a funeral preacher. But now I know why I'm a funeral preacher. Because when, when my fear... God will take your greatest fear and make it your greatest weapon. God will take your greatest weakness and make it your greatest strength. My fear of losing my parents and going through all that, all of a sudden when God told me to go to the funeral, buy lots just to be prepared, I'm like, I mean, I was sobbing in my car, but it's because he wanted to turn it around. I go in, buy two, three funeral lots, and I come out with a job. The man's like, I want to give you a job. I'm like, well, all I did was just talk to him about the glory. And ever since then, that's income. I could let go of my other job. What I was making, 20 hours, I make in literally 20 minutes, you know. So God's providing, God's opening door. And God's just like, he said, all the time I brought you to the glory. You remember that? I was like, yeah. He goes, it's to comfort those that mourn. Everything God's doing in your life is to comfort those that mourn. All the times God's taken you to heaven and you've seen visions of heaven. It's so you could tell somebody that hasn't seen. Somebody that doesn't have the breakthrough yet to see the spiritual places. And as they're going through the pain, you could sit there and minister to them. Comfort them. I know you lost your mom. I know you're about to lose your dad. I know you're losing your child. Let's talk about heaven for a moment. Let's talk about the glory of God for a moment. Let's talk about the love of God for a moment. And you are a witness. A witness is somebody that, that witnessed what's happening. Uh, a witness is somebody that experienced. Right? So we are witnesses. We are chosen to be witnesses to the world. A world that's in fear. A world that's walking in racism. A world that's walking in division. A world that's walking in so many distractions. And yet, why you? Out of all your family, why are you sitting here right now? Why did God bring you from so far? You. It could have been your brother. It could have been your sister. It could have been your cousin. But God, out of all the people from your old church, why you? Why are you here? Because I know something about this room. And it's that every single person in this room, you're the one. You're the one that God brought from somewhere else to be part of this for a reason. And it's not to grow the cool church. It's not to just throw ourselves on the altar. 
It's because we've been rejects, because we've been misunderstood. It's because we've gone through stuff that nobody can understand. And God said, I'm going to put these little group of people together, and they're going to bring chaos in the realm of darkness. They're going to make the gates of hell shake down, and they're going to knock down the gates of hell, and they're going to just start setting the captives free. They're going to start giving hope to the hopeless. They're going to start healing the sick breaking the chains of tyranny of those that are in bondage, releasing the sounds of worship from those that have been muted, cleaning the ears out of those that are deaf, removing the veil of those that have veils in their eyes so they can't see. I'm telling you, you've been chosen for something glorious and wonderful, something that is mighty and powerful. So I was going to read, I'll just read a little bit here, and I'll release this and we'll go. I'm going to scroll down to um, Psalm 119.41, and I just want to release this as a prayer over you guys. Because David was in love. David loved God. David got to hang out with the Lord. David went into the secret place. David will enter into another dimension. If you will read it like that, if you read it like theology, you're going to try to create some sermon, some religious dispute. But when you read it as this young kid entering this mysterious realm, when he was rejected, when his father said, go take care of the sheep, we're going to know your brothers, you're not chosen, go. When people reject you, when people push you away and leave you out there somewhere, God comes and meets you in that place. And David experienced that. And God would be like, come on, David. Your father, your physical father is ashamed of you. They don't want you in your physical house. I'm going to bring you to my house. That's what David will always say. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. I don't see it as a church. It wasn't church. They didn't have church at that time. He would go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 22, if you read it, um, David met Jesus. David describes Jesus. He would experience the spirit realm. That's why, for me, this word has lasted as long as his has. He was in love with God, so he wrote beauty. He wrote poetry. And he says on, on verse 41, he says, May your tender love overwhelm me, O Lord. And may God's, may God's tender love overwhelm you. May it just come into the places and areas you can least expect. May he just bombard you with so much love. And he says, for you are my savior and you keep your promises. The Lord is your savior. And everything that the Lord has promised you is going to come to pass. You just got to wait. Wait on the Lord. Those that wait on the Lord, they will mount up on wings of eagles. I always have an answer for those who mock me because I trust in your word. So when depression, death, insecurity, uncertainty, anxiety, disease, trials, tribulations, when all these things come against you because people can't mock you. Remember, your battle's not against flesh or blood, but against principalities on the air. So those that mock you are spiritual forces like sin and lust and gluttony and bitterness and hate. They come and mock you like, look at you. You say you a believer? You say a believer and look what you're feeling, look what you're going through. No, that's not what I'm feeling. That's what you're trying to put on me. 
This is not who I am. This is what you're trying to put on me. Lust, you're trying to put lust on me. Gluttony, you're trying to make me gluttonous. A jealousy, envy, hate, bitterness. They're all spiritual beings that come around you and attack you. But when you know the Word of God, when you know who He is, you find an answer. That's so why He says, I will always have an answer for those who mock me because I trust in your Word. It's like you have to think of the story when Jesus was taken to the to the desert, right? To be tempted. And Satan came to tempt him. When temptation comes, it's Satan. It's not God. God doesn't tempt nobody. It's the enemy trying to work you, but when you know his word, you'd be like, I have an answer for you. It is written. It is written. You will bow down and only serve God. Even Satan, you bow down. And you could answer the enemy with those answers. No. Oh, sick. By his stripes, I am healed. Oh, you are broken. You're never going to amount to nothing. His promises for me are yes and amen. I am not the tail, but I am the head. I am not last. I am first. I am an overcomer through Christ Jesus. I can do all things because he strengthens me. That is your answer in his word because you trust his word. May I never forget your truth. Jesus' name is truth. So may I never forget Jesus. May I never forget what Jesus says because everything he says is dependable and true. Every word that comes out of God's mouth in its time and in its season, it will bear much fruit. For I rely on your precepts. I will observe your laws every moment of the day, and I will never forget the words you say. There's so much strength in the Word of God. So no matter what comes against me, no matter what you're going through, I'm telling you, when you read the Word in love, you're like, that's for me. This is for me right now. It's my season. It's my time. There was a man that came to my family this week while I was gone. And they're like, oh, yeah, he, um, this man prophesied to your dad. Um, get ready because really big tribulations are coming. I'm like, and what else? Oh, that was it. I was like, that's not a God. His promises for me are yes and amen. He said he knows the plans he has for me. Not plans to harm me, but plans to give me a future and a hope. So I'm releasing all those promises upon my father. And I looked at my father, I was like, don't accept anybody to just come in here, give you, oh, you need to fast and pray because tribulations are coming. Fast and pray for tribulations are coming. And what else? Where's the blood of the lamb? Where's the love of God? Where's God in this? Also, now my father has to depend on what? On himself? To walk himself through the trial? To walk through himself? So if he doesn't fast enough, if he doesn't pray enough, then he might fail this trial? No. Jesus said, it is finished. I overcome because he overcame. Greater is he that lives in me than he that's in the world. The enemy will come against me one direction, but will flee in seven different directions. Everything the enemy created to destroy me, God turns it around to bless me. And this is how we fight. Excuse me, but if I would have been there, I'd be like, your prophecy is incomplete. There's tribulation coming. And what else? And what else? Where's Jesus in this prophecy? At least if he would have said, yeah, but the Lord says, though you walk through the fire, you won't get burned. 
Yeah, trials might come, but when you walk through deep waters, you won't drown. You will stand in a flame, and the flame will burn in you. Oh, okay. Then I have confidence that no matter what I'm going to go through, you are with me. But if somebody comes and tells you, you're about to go through hellfire, bye. You could see the anxiety in my father's face. I'm like, that word is not of the Lord. Because the word, does, the Lord doesn't leave you hanging. The Lord is a firm foundation. He said, if you do like a wise man and listen to my words, when the wind blows, when the storm comes, your house will not fall. But what is, is with us, is for us. And he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us. Be strong and courageous for I am with you everywhere you go. So if they come and give you a word of doom and gloom, Without a resolve, without a hero, without a defender, without hope, without peace, without joy, it now depends on you only. It's not God. There has to be a hope. Do we go through? Yes, we do. But in all these things, we overcome because of Christ Jesus. So every to start or end which Christ leads us. And if Christ Jesus is missing in there, I will question it. We're going to leave. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand. I know I'm so informal. Glory be to God. I love my informalities. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We love you, Father God. We love you, Lord, that you've given us a word. You've given us a book to follow, to read your word, to hear your voice. Thank you that you don't leave us. Thank you that you do not leave us like orphans. Thank you that your promises are before us. Thank you that your word is a light unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you that you're shining the way. Thank you that we don't have to figure this out by ourselves. Thank you that you sent us a friend a comforter that leads us to all truth. So we don't depend on ourselves, we depend on our, on our friend that leads us to your truth. We will not be afraid for you have not given us a spirit of fear. You have given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. We just speak blessings upon our brothers and sisters in this place tonight. Lord, you know all the needs that they have, that I have, that we have. But you've promised in your word, Lord, that you supply all our needs according to your riches and glory. So we come boldly before the throne of grace. And whatever need you have right now, if your family has a need, if a friend has a need, if you have a need, ask God, believing in your heart, and you shall receive. Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, ask the Father and believe in your heart and you will receive. Come to me and know that I am good. So if there's anything you need, we're here to pray for you. We're here to encourage you and we're here to bless you. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for ministering to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.